0: What's up everybody, my name is James. Welcome to another episode of the LA Music Hustle. Our next guest is a sought out session guitarist and recording artist. He's performed with everyone from Christina Aguilera, Tony Braxton, to Marco Antonio Solis. He has also been featured on the blockbuster video game, Assassin's Creed. And if there's one thing I know about him is that he loves to work. I'm talking about Dan Sistos here on The Hustle. What's up, man? What's up, dude? How you doing? Thank you for having me. Dude, we're excited to have you. And uh, we've been talking about this for a few few days and finally we were able to get you on and um, we think you're going to be able to provide a lot of knowledge for fellow guitarists and musicians. Right on. And um, as I mentioned, you have worked with some of the biggest names out there. Mm -hmm. And you've recorded for them, you've been on tour, but at one point you decide to stay in town. Yes. And you make the decision um, to start focusing on studio work and solo performances. Yes. What led you to that decision? Well,
1: I started off in the business early. I, when I started with Christina, I was 21 years old. So I had gotten a taste of that early. I, I had done a lot of touring and a lot of, you know, away gigs for a while now. Then I got married. Then I had kids. I didn't want to be the guy that wasn't at home all the time for my kids. You know, I wanted to stay in town I want to see them grow up. So you kind of have to start changing your priorities. And that just means more in-town gigs and less out-of-town gigs. And I think the problem with the out-of-town gigs is that they lead to more out-of-town gigs. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're out on a tour, what follows that is going to be another tour. And when people think you're not home, they're not going to call you for the, that nice gig in town because they just assume that you're out. So I think at some point you have to make a decision. Do you wanna be an in-town musician or do you wanna be an out-of-town musician? And I made the point after I had been out of town a lot, once I got older and I wanted to settle down, that you know what, I wanna work more in town. I don't wanna be on the road all the time. When you're in town, every day that you work on something, you get paid. And when you're out of town, depending on the gig, that's not necessarily true. You might spend a whole day traveling and all you're gonna get is a per diem which is not the same thing as spending the whole day working. Right. So if you fill up your calendar in town five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week, and you're working, studio session, gigs, even teaching if you do that, whatever you do, you're getting paid more than if you're going to be out of town, say, for a week, but maybe that's only two gigs, and the rest are travel
0: days where they don't pay the same. So at the end of the day, it all kind of evens out. Right, right, right. So if you could just talk a little bit about the success on specifically doing solo gigs. Okay, yeah. Um, Well, as we know, the the
1: music business is changing. When I first moved to town, there was a lot of band gigs. I would play four or five piece bands, even if it was like at a restaurant, we were doing band gigs all the time. And what started happening was the money's just started going down. And I started noticing that, you know, to make a living, to be able to support my family, I had to make more money in town. And what does that mean? Unfortunately, That means less guys in the band, right? So I started realizing, okay, instead of working with a five-piece band, I need to learn how to work as a soloist, as with a duo like we do, right? Or or even a trio. But the less people in the band, the more each everybody makes, right? As we know. So I could do the gig as a soloist or with a four-piece band, and the client
0: wouldn't know the difference or even care. You you realize, oh, I don't need to be in front of seventeen thousand people when I can make more yeah that's the funny right
1: people don't realize that i've done i've played madison square garden and i make more money doing a A solo solo gig gig in newport yeah exactly yeah and it's my show it's my tunes i'm i'm my own boss it's more rewarding for me and people pay because they want to see me play
0: i know that you're working from home a lot you have your own home studio Mm -hmm. uh i know you get tracks from all over the world to record on. And yes. so what's your take on the importance of having a home studio in 2018 and investing in quality gear? I know you're a gearhead, head. Yeah. And if there's something that I've learned from you is that you do not cheap out on gear. Nothing. It is actually
1: pretty much mandatory these days to have a home studio because sessions aren't what they used to be. Um, I still do sessions where we all track like as a band together at a big studio, but a guy from Australia says, hey, I need a track with guitar, I'm gonna send it to you. Do you have a home studio to record? And I say, yes. Now, it has to be a good home recording studio. (laughs) Because if you have just like basic, you know, entry level gear, even if the performance is great, when I send it back, they're not gonna be happy and then they're not gonna call me again. So you have to have good top level gear to do the job. But I do more sessions from my studio now than I do going to studios. And it's just a matter of convenience people have different schedules. You know, they don't ha- They don't want to have to schedule me. They just, they, they know me, they want to call me. They know that, hey, if I call Dan and I ask for a track, they get back what they need. And you know, a lot of people are gonna ask, well, yeah, I have a home studio, now yeah. what? So yeah. it's just a long process of getting your name out there, yeah. doing, doing lots patience. of- Patience. Patience, it's not gonna happen overnight. It takes a long time of networking, building relationships, Hang in there
0: and it will eventually come. That's some great advice. We're going to take a short break. And while we go comp some vocals, here's another production tip from John Kubis.
2: What up, Beat Warriors? Welcome to another Logic Production Minute. Want to get that sick reverse reverb effect you hear on pop and dance songs? First, record your vocal and mute everything but the first word. Then drop a really wet reverb on the track. I like Logic's ChromaVerb for this. And the empty hall preset in spaces works well. And bump that what up to 70 or more. Next up, we want to bounce our first syllable here with control B. Make sure source is set to leave, include audio tail and file, include audio tail and region are both checked. Now let's flip it. We'll go here to region inspector, reverse and push that back so that it overlaps the first syllable of the vocal. Don't forget to turn off your reverb and unmute the rest of the vocal. Let's take a listen. Now we can push that around till it's perfect and don't forget to try fading in and out, maybe even adding some effects to make things more interesting and definitely try it on other stuff besides vocals. For more tips like this, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash John Kubis.
0: How does your rig change from the studio mm-hmm. and live performances? Studio, it's,
1: it's been pretty similar because the, the thing about the studio is you have a good mic, you have a good mic pre, that'll last forever, you know? It's completely different with live gear. Live gear has changed immensely, at least for me as a guitar player. I'm, I'm always looking for the next thing that's gonna sound better and it's gonna be smaller and it's gonna be less for me to bring. Because the you know the, the hardest part about doing what I do or doing what we do is not the performance because we love to perform. It's the schlepping of the stuff. We all, we talk about it a lot. It's the carrying the amps. It's the carrying the stuff. That's the work part and, right. the, and the teardown. We do our gig, we play, and now we have to pack up. So if I could make the setup and the teardown easier, it makes the gig so much better for me because the playing is always the fun part.
0: Right. You're, you have your rig for the live performance, yes. and then in the car, you have a backup, always. just in case. Yes. A lot of people don't think that way. I think that's one of the, the, one of the reasons why you have success.
1: Yes, that's a, that's a good point. Very, very important because if you can't do the gig, you don't get the check. So you always have to be ready with a backup rig, a backup of everything. I carry a backup of everything. Two guitars, <laughs> two amps, two pedal boards, a backup of every single cable. Yeah. And you don't have to bring it. You just have to have it in the car. And things have happened. You would think that they haven't, but they have. One time I was playing a gig and it was by the beach and uh, I left my guitar cable on the on the floor like an idiot. <laughs> and um, <laughs> as the temperature dropped, the grass got moist and I didn't realize it. And when I plugged the cable back into the guitar, it was wet and it shorted out all the electronics.
0: Oh, The guitar
1: man. was useless. It was distorting. It was a private event. And it sounded terrible. I, if I just had that one guitar, I couldn't finish the gig, and I wouldn't have gotten paid. So what did I do? I go, back, went to my car. I had my spare guitar. You know, took a little five-minute break, put on some background music, came back with a new guitar, new cable, rocking. And I'm ready to go. Yeah, right. Always got to have a backup. And don't be the guy in the band with the bad <laughs> cables. That guy. Nobody likes that guy. No. You're doing a sound check and and something's not working with the gear, and you gotta spend time that's meant for a band to sound good and be comfortable. Now you're troubleshooting your gear. Don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. That guy doesn't get
0: hired. Yeah. You know? Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Okay? Yeah. There's a lot of guitarists that are coming out of MI. I know you went to MI. Yes. USC. There's a lot of people in YouTube land that are thinking of starting careers, or some of them are starting careers as guitar players. Yes. What advice would you give them that you wish somebody told you?
1: Something I would say is you have to figure out do you wanna be an artist or do you wanna be a working musician? And those are two separate things. Um, It's harder and harder to be an artist these days. And when you're younger, you have more time to say, no, I only wanna play my own songs. I only wanna write my own music and do my own thing. That's great. I was like that at that age too. Luckily for me, I went to school and learned how to play a lot of different styles. Because what ends up happening is when you're a musician and say it doesn't work out for you, what happens? You have to fall back on doing working gigs. And that could be being a sideman, that could be doing a wedding, a casual a session musician. Yeah. So to the younger musicians, I would say, do not skimp out on the music education. That is so important. Go to school, You know, learn as much as you can. There's nothing wrong with learning about music. And you have the guys that, oh, I only play by ear. I, I, you know, feeling music by ear, that's great. When people don't have to read anything or when they know the music inside and out, you're always gonna get the best performance. But guess what? You don't always have that luxury to play everything by ear, you know? You need to go to school, you need to learn how to read, you need to learn how to play different styles, yeah. you need to know what works in different styles, that way you can do as many gigs as possible. So the more you can do, the more you'll
0: work, the more you'll make money, the more you'll be happy. Yeah, man, the LA Music Hustle. thank you, man. Yeah. Now, we do something here on the show. It's one of my favorite segments. It's called Rapid Fire. Right there, we insert like a little rapid fire. <laughs> rapid Fire! So, disclaimer, none of the questions have been shown to the guest. Uh, the rules are, you have five seconds to answer the question. And if you do not, I will press this button and you will hear this sound. And we'll move on to the next question. Try and answer as many questions as possible. Here we go. All right. You ready? Yes. All right. Acoustic or electric? Acoustic. Logic Pro or Cubase? Logic Pro. Madison Square Garden or Staples Center? Madison Square Garden. Whiskey or beer? Really? I Whiskey. Know. Whiskey. I knew that one already. Hey. This is where it gets tough now. All right. All right. Gypsy Kings or Metallica? Metallica. Oh. Despacito or Bamboleo? <laughs> Oh, you gotta choose one, baby. One.
2: I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Favorite FX pedal? Nuna pedal. Favorite guitar? My Herman Vasquez Rubio guitar. Favorite show on Netflix?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Breaking Bad.
0: Oh, almost got you on there. Favorite new gear? Line six Helix. This guy's a pro. (laughs) This guy did it like nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rapid Fire.
2: Rapid (laughs) Fire!
0: Dan, thank you so much, man, for being here on the show. Of course. Uh, We appreciate all the knowledge you dropped, and uh, I think it's good for any young guitarist. I think uh, a lot of the things that you said are relevant, especially in today's landscape in the music industry. So for more information on Dan's music and live shows, you guys can go to his website, dancistos.com, and I believe now we have a clip. Yeah, this one is a song from my live
1: DVD, live in concert, and this one's called La Serenata.